Hi, my name is Kevin. Welcome to our weekly Maison Mission program. This is episode number 17. Happy Easter. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about the Maison Mission through the links in the description of this program. This week we recorded our first in-person gathering for Easter. This program was recorded live. Good morning. There's tradition uh, in the church that on Easter Sunday, uh, usually a person up front will say, uh, he is risen, and you guys reply, he is risen indeed. So I would love to try that out. He is risen. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Amen. Uh, this is this feels like a dream come true. I, I know that Aaron mentioned just uh, a few minutes ago that uh, you could be anywhere on this Easter Sunday morning, and the fact that you are sitting with us in this beautiful setting uh, it means the world to us. And I want to say thank you, especially to uh, Jess and Charlotte Delone who made this space uh, available to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's beautiful, and. It's perfect. We also want to say that um, if you are uh, new with us, uh, basically everybody's new with us. This is the very first time that we have ever gathered together. So feel right at home. And if you have questions, we would we would love to talk to you. Uh, Kevin and I were speaking uh, this morning and, and said that right now, Maison is in this phase where it's kind of a soft opening. We've been doing online services only since uh, right around the beginning of December. And uh, I don't know if you guys know the restaurant in town, Nukes, that's down there in Butler Plaza. They built it and then it sat open or it just sat there empty for like a year and a half, two years, like nothing was going on. And then they did a soft opening. So we decided to go. You got some free food. So the Lowry's were there. And... Um, we walked in, but it wasn't the whole menu, right? They were like, they have this big menu on the wall, but then they hand you a piece of paper and you can choose one of these four things, right? It was very limited. And so that's kind of where Maison is right now. We're not like fully developed. We're like on our way. And so uh, that you're here this morning is, is just incredible. As I, as I stand here and I, I look out and I can tell that some of the clothes that you are wearing are new, right? Especially the clothes uh, that are on uh, your kids. And it, it all looks so organized. And my son uses this term, this phrase now, he's like, it's calculated, dad, it's calculated. And so you guys look so organized and calculated. And whenever I see that, I assume that behind the scenes, there is lots of chaos to get to that moment, right? Usually in our house, the chaos starts like this. It's Easter week and we're like, oh wow, the kids have really grown since last year. We should probably get them something new to wear, right? And so the chaos begins there and then you get it home and ask them to put it on and it just ramps up a little bit, right? Because it's not soft and it's not comfortable. And so there's a little chaos just getting the kid in the outfit. And then once that happens and you've made all kinds of promises and you have bargained your way into an Easter outfit, then you have to get them into the car. And I don't know about you, but what's happened in our car is, how long do I have to wear this? How long do I have to wear this outfit? And then a second round of bargaining begins. Like, if you will just do this, right? Uh, they do grow out of that a little bit, uh, I, I promise you. So if you're in that phase, but 
Uh, I love that there is some chaos on Easter Sunday morning behind the scenes. We usually pull it all together and it looks okay uh, once we get together. But I think this year, even more than any other, I think that a certain amount of chaos is actually appropriate on Easter Sunday morning. And I'm gonna ask if you brought your Bible, if you wanna open it to John chapter 20, we're gonna get there in just a minute or two. If you're like, I don't have a Bible, that's fine. Maybe you have a Bible app. If you don't have that, no problem at all. Uh, I'm gonna read it for you uh, in a few minutes. But uh, as you're making your way there, I want you to think for just a second. We're gonna talk a lot about chaos this morning. I want you to think about the most chaotic situation that you have ever been a part of. All right, we're not gonna have testimony time, but I want you to think what is the, the most chaotic situation that you've ever been in? Maybe you've been in a car accident. If you've ever been there where the metal hits the metal and then things stop spinning and you sit still, it's, it's chaotic and you're wondering what just happened? Or if it's bad enough, maybe you woke up in the hospital and said, what just happened, right? Maybe uh, it wasn't an accident, but maybe you were somewhere where 911 had to be called. And you, you made the call and then it seemed like an eternity passed. And then there was a rush of EMTs that came in to work on the person that needed the 911 call. Or maybe it was a natural disaster. Here in Florida, it's hurricanes. And they're really interesting because you get all of this notice. You, you watch them for like weeks out in the ocean and then they eventually make their way. And it's, is it gonna be a big one or is it not? In Texas, it was tornadoes. You do not get the same level of warning uh, on a tornado as you do uh, a hurricane. It's, a, it's an entirely different experience. Or it could have been a fire or a flood. Maybe your chaos was a little more positive. Maybe you thought you were done having kids and it was like, wow, <laughs> we sold all the nursery stuff. We sold, we, we got rid of all the clothes and, and wow, there's, there's one more in our future. But chaos, it, it's a reality. It's a reality. And I remember all the way back in the fall of 1994, the, the biggest chaotic event that I can remember being a part of, I was in a small Christian college up just north of Columbus, Ohio. And I don't know about the dorm that maybe you lived in if you went away to college, but they had a rule in our dorm that you could not have any open flames, right? I have no idea why they didn't want open flames in dorm rooms with 17, 18, 19 year old young men, right? But that was one of their crazy rules. And so there was no candles uh, that could be burnt. There was no incense that could be burnt. All the stuff that was really cool and could cover up the, the funky smell that's in a guy's dorm, uh, none of that stuff was allowed. And so we would like push the limits. We would cook grilled cheese on our irons. And we thought that was the greatest life hack ever. That was about as hot as it got. But what we found is that there was a really quiet guy that lived uh, around the corner, down the hall on, on our floor in the dorm. And he was secretly a rebellious incense burner. All right. And uh, I mean, he was just, he was crazy. He, he lit that incense. And uh, unfortunately, there, there happened to actually be a gas leak uh, in his dorm room. And so when he lit his incense, there was an accident that happened, right? And it was a very serious accident. And there was all kinds of emergency vehicles that were on campus. And you have to remember, in 1994, the internet was this little baby thing that you just didn't even really have access to. You had to go to a computer lab because everybody didn't have a computer. You certainly didn't have a computer in the palm of your hand that accessed whatever this internet was. 
you didn't have a cell phone. If you were super cool, you may have had a pager. Just by show of hands, how many of you out there have owned a pager back in the day, right? All right. Yeah, some of you are like, I still have it. I still have it. But there was, there was no way for the school to send out emergency notifications. That's not how it happened. You know how it happened? The rumor mill. The rumor mill is how all of the information would spread. And so that's exactly what happened. And so there, there was all kinds of conflicting reports that, that were going around. They were saying that uh, the young man uh, didn't make it. They said that he, he did make it. They were saying that uh, the side of the dorm was blown out and that it was going to be condemned. They were saying that classes were canceled. This happened late in our very first semester. We began to hear rumors that final exams were going to be canceled. Uh, we heard that we weren't going to be able to get back into the dorm. We heard all kinds of conflicting information. And then the Red Cross started showing up. And they started putting cots in the gymnasium. And that's when it got real for us because we're like, we're really not going back in the dorm. Like it's, it's not happening. And so uh, we had a chapel and that's where they gathered all of the students together. And so what they ended up doing was, it was calling us all together and they began to give real information. They, they told us what was really going on, that there, there had been an accident, that there had been an explosion, that the young man uh, was at the hospital, but he was going to be okay, which, which was great. Uh, they said that the dorm was going to be closed. If you lived on that floor, you were going to get five minutes to be escorted in, basically grab as much as you can. Uh, finals were canceled. You need to get in your car and you needed to head home. And so while it wasn't a great situation, it was still, all right, we have some information, but it was complete and utter chaos for hours, for hours. In John chapter 20, we have some chaos as well. It says, on the first day of the week, very early, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. She ran off and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, They've taken the master out of the tomb, she said. We don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple set off and went to the tomb. Both of them ran together. The other disciple ran faster than Peter and got to the tomb first. He stooped down and saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came up following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there that had been around his head, not lying with the other cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had arrived first at the tomb went into the tomb as well. He saw and believed they did not know, you see, the Bible had said he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. I was reading this week, uh, one pastor wrote that there is more running documented in this one paragraph in the story of the resurrection than there is the entire rest of the New Testament. And when there's chaos, you know what happens? People run. People run. I'm not talking about just the runners, the people who run 5Ks and marathons. Like the people, me, who, who don't run, we begin to run, right? Because chaos is there. That's what happens when there's chaos. And see, Jesus had been buried, but he was no longer where he had been buried. And see, the Romans were really good at the execution thing. And so he hadn't just passed out. He didn't swoon. He wasn't, he wasn't just unconscious. He, he, he was dead. And Jesus' closest friends and followers, uh, they knew that. 
and they knew that his body had been stolen. I mean, what other explanation is there for a body who's been laid in a tomb to not be there a couple of days later? And I just want to say that the last 12 to 13 months in our country and around the world have been about the most chaotic 12 or 13 months that anybody I know can remember. I mean, we're, we're sitting here in, in masks a year later. Who knew a year ago that, that you would own more masks than you do undergarments, right? I mean, if somebody would have told you that two years ago, you would have said, you're absolutely crazy. And then you pile on top of that a, a contentious political situation, to, to put it mildly. And then the, the racial tension that we have had in the last year as well. You combine all of those things and the last 12 to 13 months has been complete and utter chaos. And this is what I have found. When we find ourselves in these situations and the stress levels are high, we, we go into this automa- automatic mode and we do everything that we possibly know to do. We do our very best to homeschool our kids. Do you guys remember that little phase that we went through with the spring break that never ended last year? You remember that? That was, that was fun. We do that. We buy the masks. We learn how to order our groceries online. We learn how to social distance. We learn how to like air high five. We learn how to give greetings with our elbow. We do all of the things that we know how to do. And then eventually, many of us come to this place where we've done everything that we know to do. And the only thing left to do is is cry, right? (laughs) Or Maybe if we're too tough to actually cry, we, we feel like crying, but we won't do it because tough people, we, we don't do that. But I think it's so appropriate on this Easter to simply stop and acknowledge the chaos that each of us here and each person who lives on planet Earth has experienced throughout the last year. And I want you to know that if you have cried more in the last year than the previous 10 years combined, that you're not alone (laughs) and that it may have been the very best thing that you could have done because sometimes chaos simply leaves us in tears. And the story continues with Mary doing exactly that. Mary's weeping. So the disciples ran off, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped down to look into the tomb. There she saw two angels clothed in white, one at the head and one at the feet of where Jesus's body had been lying. Woman, they said to her, why are you crying? They've taken away my master, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. As she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She guessed that he must be the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have carried him off somewhere, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Mary, said Jesus. She turned and spoke to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, she said, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, said Jesus. I haven't gone up to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and told the disciples, I've seen the master and that he had said these things to her. 
on the evening of that very first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I am reminded on this Easter Sunday morning that so many times throughout the scriptures, that that when chaos and helplessness and hopelessness loom large, that new creation, that resurrection and restoration are found on the other side of that chaos. We go all the way back to Genesis. And I think the author of John was trying to do this. He begins his his book taking Jesus and and putting him back at creation. But we go back to, to Genesis 1, 1 and 2. God created the heavens and the earth, all that you see and don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss, or God's spirit brooded above the chaos. God spoke light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day, and he named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning, day one. And this is what I see when I look at the scriptures on this Easter Sunday morning, that in the midst of chaos, God so often speaks. He speaks light. He speaks creation. He speaks something new in Genesis. We move to John and we see that he speaks Mary's name. And my guess is if we had time and we were to go around and say, have you ever been in a situation where you needed God to speak your name, to speak to you, and he's done it, we would have more stories than we have time to listen to. And then when he went and saw the disciples, what did he speak to them? Peace. Peace be with you. And he said it again, peace be with you. And then he breathed his breath, the very spirit of God, and sent them off. This is what I hope. I hope that in the midst of the chaos, we find ourselves listening for the voice of God who wants to speak something new, who wants to speak our name, and wants to speak peace into our lives because he is still creating. He is still calling people by name and he is still speaking peace to us. And so this isn't one of those sermons where there's like a decision to be made at the end. This is one of those sermons that I hope that you think about over the next couple of days because I want you to think about what is the thing? What is the situation? What is the chaos? What is the diagnosis? What is that decision that that is creating chaos in your life? And how do you need God to show up for you? Am I saying you just pray a prayer and life just all of a sudden gets better? No, no. I wish I could tell you that that's how it works. I can tell you that I can't always see the new that he is doing. I can't even always hear him speak my name, but I have experienced his peace 
in these last 12 to 13 months in ways that I never have before. He hasn't made all of my situations all better, but he has brought peace in the midst of the chaos. And it's not just for me. It's for you and you. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. And so I want you to be mindful of what situation in your life you need God to speak into and show up into. And then I want you to do this. I want you to look back over the course of these last 12 or 13 months, or maybe even longer, and find the ways that God has already been doing this for you. Sometimes we just need the eyes to see and the ears to hear what God has been up to all along. Because my guess is that in the midst of the mess, that that God has already been showing up. That there is new things in your life now that you didn't have 12 to 13 months ago. There may be new relationships. There may be new traditions within your family. That there have been moments when he has called your name, when he has given you peace and remember those things. It's that kind of sermon. It's not a guilt. It's not a shame sermon. It's a saying, hey, it's been chaos but God hasn't been absent from it. He wants to bring resurrection. He wants to bring peace to you. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that that chaos doesn't get the victory, that, that chaos doesn't win that you are the God who continues to speak new creation into existence, personal messages to us and peace into the situations that we find ourselves in. And so Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that when Mary went and found that tomb empty, that when she told the disciples, they went and found it empty as well because Jesus is alive that he has conquered sin, that he has conquered death, that he has conquered chaos. Even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it, Father, we, we live in this, this state where the kingdom of God has been begun and it has not yet come to its completion. So as we live in the in-between, Father, would you give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear where you are at work in the world around us. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Alrighty, I have a few reminders before you go. A reminder that we are not gonna have an online service next week. We're gonna have a break for one week. We will be back um, the following week, which is April 18th with a new series called The Other Side. So next week we will be off and then the week back will be um, April 18th and we will be there with you guys. Um, Small groups are coming. So if you are interested in being part of a small group, we would love to hear from you. 
you. We are uh, looking for people who are interested in hosting small groups, um, and even if you're just interested in going to a small group, um, we would love for you to email us. There's a couple email choices. You can email us at info at maisonmission.com, or you can email Kevin or Levi at kevin at maisonmission.com or Levi at maisonmission.com. Just shoot them a quick email and let them know if you are interested in hosting or just being part of one of the small groups. And if you aren't comfortable meeting in person yet, that's totally fine. We've got groups for you as well. We currently have our Sunday download meeting that meets um, at 4... Not today, though, but usually at four on Sunday, so you can join us on that one, and there will most likely be some other online ones coming, too. So there are online options as well. Um, And now's the part where we are going to talk about money. I grew up in church, and so talking about uh, money and tithes and offerings and giving at church was just something I grew up hearing, but uh, I know that it's strange for some people to hear, and why are we going to church and giving money? Uh, And so I wanted to just share a little bit about that. The money and the donations that you guys give to Maison Mission is used so that we can have the equipment to uh, broadcast on Sundays uh, and show those videos. So we can, instead of using phones, which we were doing at the beginning, uh, so the money goes to things like that. It also goes uh, to help pay Kevin and Levi uh, salaries so that they are able to move the mission forward um, and uh, keep this thing going and growing so they can have uh, the time to do those things that they need to do uh, to keep that going. So if you are interested in giving to Maison Mission to help us grow and reach out to the people in our community and around the world, we would love to have you partner with us in that. You can uh, give on the Church Center app, which you have possibly downloaded this morning. Uh, You can also text an amount to 84321. That's 84321. Um, And if you're watching online, then all the giving links will be on a slide at the conclusion of the program. And you're also welcome to check out our Facebook page that has all that information as well. Again, we just want to thank you guys so much for being here. It is so good to see your faces in person, even though it's only part of them with the masks rather than just seeing you through a computer screen. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you.